Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 60 of Your Security. That's right. This episode, and in every every episode of this podcast, we talk about your security. Your security is of the utmost concern. Why? Because your security is you. You are your security. We cannot wait for police officers. We cannot wait for uh, Mr. Miyagi to come and defend you when you're in a fight. You cannot wait for the federal police departments. You cannot wait for the military. Your security is based on you. You. You're responsible for it. Now, that means you have to do a lot of different things, right? You have to be aware of your surroundings. You have to be aware of your abilities (coughs) and perhaps the lack of skills that you may have. And that's totally fine. You know, I don't expect to be this viral, virile, strong, uh, uh, powerful person the rest of my life. I understand that toward the end of my life, I'm going to be less strong than I am now. Not because of my uh, any, not because of anything that I'm doing to make myself less strong, but because just my age. My age will make that. Will, will cause my body to become weaker. But that doesn't mean that I will be less secure. <clears throat> as we grow up, as we grow older, we should be aware of these things, these changes in our body, so that we prepare even more. We cannot rely solely on our brute force and our extremely handsome uh, demeanor to get us out of things. We have to realize that we need a good plan and a good plan that's executable, right? I mean, isn't that what we talk about (coughs) on almost every uh, podcast? It is that we need a plan. So what is your plan? What is your plan for security? Very important. Now, I saw something online that I was extremely shook by, and that are, these are these, um, these riots that are happening everywhere. They are quite uh, impressive and impressive in the fact not because people will do crazy things and that is that goes without saying I have seen the worst in people I think I don't want to see any worse than what I've already seen but I've seen cases as a police officer where (coughs) the grandson stabbed his grandmother's hand when she was getting the last leg of chicken I have seen horrible things, and that's just, you know, one. I don't want to bore you, nor do I want to make this uh, episode or a podcast of gore. Maybe maybe we should have a podcast of gore. Talk about the gory things that I've seen as a police officer or as a security professional uh, through the last 20 years. No, uh, maybe. Maybe so. Sounds interesting. I'll tell you what. If you like that idea, give me a comment. Send it below. Tell me about it, and then we'll, I'll set it up so we talk about those different stories. You know what? You can also do voice comments. I found that out on Anchor, anchor.com. Uh, you can do voice uh, voice comments on my podcast. <coughs> In any case, let's get back to, the, to what I'm trying to say. So, the plan. I was listening to police departments changing their plan. Okay, so you're thinking, you know, in these riots, right? So, police officers have a plan for riots and for rioters. Now, that means that they have... Uh, they have masks on, they have helmets on, they have additional gear for their legs, additional gear for their arms, uh, big old shields that are plexiglass so you can see through them, transparent uh, shields, uh, batons, they use their batons more, then they have water cannons, they have tear gas, 
and they have uh, non-lethal projectiles and those can be rubber bullets they can be sandbags there's just a myriad of different things now none of them are uh, deadly force related uh, at least at this level they're they're non-deadly force everything is non-deadly force now granted if a police officer were to or if someone were to get sprayed in their eyeball with tear gas or with <laughs> OC spray um, pepper spray they will definitely feel it a lot worse than if it's just the cloud that normally is sprayed in front of the police department <coughs> if you get hit by a water cannon and you fall back on your head you could bust your head open and it would hurt if you accidentally tripped and fell on the sidewalk and you hit the corner of a car or the corner of a bus stop a chair banister you could break your head open and you could die if you are um, pushed back by police officers and you fall backwards and you fall on top of a rock you could break your leg it's just the way things go something else that you may not know if you are hit by a rubber bullet it stings it hurts it hurts it hurts a lot if you are hit by a beanbag it will hurt as well it won't penetrate your skin but it will hurt and depending on where that beanbag hits or that rubber uh, bullet hits it could cause permanent da uh, damage to your body do you want that no no of course not but I'll tell you what the police departments across the world this is a plan that all police officers police departments use there's an, an association in fact an association international association of police chiefs they get together and they talk about these things international you know it's the colors of Benetton everybody throughout the world they get together and they think of ways to civilly address a situation civilly because police officers police chiefs police departments what they want to do is to protect the innocent period that's all they want to do I know you may think oh well, they want to be uh, they're racists no not really because again this in this international police organization is a police chiefs of international police right and so they come up with these standards on how to patrol or how to address a very volatile volatile situation like riots <coughs> and so these are the these are the ways and these are these aren't hidden they're not secret they're not things that they spring on people and in fact when the police start gearing up for this riot control it's an impressive event and it is something that people pay attention will notice it's not a surprise oh my goodness the police are auto automatically in riot gear no it is it is a, a whole process all right so what am I talking about this well <clears throat> Apparently, there are police chiefs that are considering, and some that have already said they would do it, that they are going to no longer use tear gas or pepper spray <clears throat> to keep people back, controlling riots. They are no longer going to use rubber uh, bullets and, and uh, bean bags. And so I'm telling you, so I'm asking yourself, I mean, I should ask you, why do you think they were using them in the first place? And what is causing the people to get angry that they are using them? Who are the people... Okay, first of all, 
the police don't get into riot gear and to start controlling riots until crimes are happening. What does that mean? That means <clears throat> the moment they start throwing things, that's when the police start bringing out their riot gear. Now, the moment they start hurting people, they start putting on their riot gear. The moment they start destroying property, they start putting on their riot gear. So those are the three things, right? So if you're yelling and shouting, no big deal. If you're, if you're saying that the police officer's mother can do this and do that, they're going to they're gonna be fine. They're going to hang out. They're going to stay still and, and remain in position. They're not going to advance. If you tell, if the rioters or the protesters uh, tell the police officers that, um, I don't know, they eat their Cheerios with forks. I'm not trying to be offensive, but you know what I'm talking about. If they do that, they become offensive to the police officers. The police officers will not advance on the people. What causes police officers to advance? What causes police officers to use tear gas or the water cannon or horses or dogs or riot gear? (laughs) It's called criminals. The moment a protest begins to throw a rock, and this is something very important, you know, as a... As a corporate security manager, this is what I tell my clients. Do not participate in disturbances like this. If you want to protest, fine. But if it's a disturbance, if the plan is to create a disturbance, then do not. Why? Because of mob think. You may think, you may think all I want to do is throw a rock. But there are other people who are thinking... I'm going to burn down the city. Other people are thinking, I have four guns in my back belt and I'm going to use it. Other people are thinking, I have a Molotov cocktail. It never, it is never just, I'm going to push the police. It is, it, it is always more. And when you're in a crowd, please understand the psychology of this. When you are in a crowd and people start yelling and shouting and screaming and attacking whomever, it could be a police officer, it could be attacking a horse, it could be attacking another person, there is something inside of all of us that gets excited and feels like it is okay, that you are justified in doing something that you would normally never do. So it's not ideal. It is not recommended that anybody participate in these events. Now, I heard a friend of mine say that in his corporation, they didn't, they initially had told their employees, don't participate. But the employees felt that that was discriminatory. And so the corporation said, okay, well, you can go if you want to. But now those employees are injured and those employees are in jail and those employees are suffering the consequences of attacking the police. You know, the Constitution in the United States says that we are allowed to peacefully protest. Well, when you don't peacefully protest, you're going to get something in return. And that's called going to jail, normally. And if you fight it, you go to jail. uh, In Spanish, we call por las buenas o por las malas. If you fight the police, it's por las malas. You know, you with the use of force. So finally, let me tell you, the police chiefs are saying that they're no longer going to use tear gas, pepper spray, and pep and non-lethal um, projectiles. <coughs> so what does that mean? That means, boys and girls, 
that if they cannot use it, one of two things will happen. Either the police will abandon their places, their positions, which will only lead to extreme um, chaos and uh, destruction. Or two, the police will have to arrest people immediately and, and uh, withdraw people immediately from that scene. It is not going to be good. So, I ask you all to please stay safe. Understand that these are not normal times. But that what's going on is not a good response to the crowd's desire. Yes, I understand that there are people who got hurt during riots. Yes, I understand that in Dallas, for instance, a person almost lost all of his eyesight in one of his eyes because a rubber bullet hit him close to his eye. I understand that, and that's lamentable. But it didn't just happen. That person didn't just go out to Dairy Queen or to Baskin Robbins or to Wendy's and just happened to get shot in the head. Okay. I know that's hard to hear, but it's true. You were in the area. You did something you weren't supposed to be doing. The police told you to leave. You refused. You stayed in the area. And you got injured. Not good. Not cool. It is not police tactics. That is not what is expected. Police tactics for a, an un... Uh, a non-lethal projectile is to be shot into center mass. That means your chest and your belly. So, you know, it, did, it didn't hit in the right place. Then again, I'm sure people weren't standing still. I'm sure people were running around. And I'm sure people are going to be telling me, you know what, Gabe, um, that's why you shouldn't have any sort of projectile. I'll tell you what, to that argument, I say, that's, I, I totally agree. But if we're not going to be able to use any projectile, then citizens should not be criminals, should not engage in criminal behavior. And finally, I heard this was coming from one of the court systems, which was that the police now are being asked to announce before they use deadly force. In other words, before they pull the trigger, of their of their pistol, their their sidearm, <clears throat> they're supposed to announce that they're going to do it, announce that they're going to shoot. Now, I don't know what's. It's not clear to me what that means exactly. Does it mean I have that the police officer has to announce when he draws the weapon before he draws the weapon, or after <clears throat> after he draws the weapon, but before he he squeezes the trigger? I don't know if that means that the police officer has to say it say it out loud, shout it out loud, shout it in a certain language. I mean, this is ridiculous. This request by some, including I think one of the court systems of asking for that, is one of the most ridiculous requests ever. Let me just say that all a police officer has to, I mean, again, we, we don't even understand what it means. <clears throat> what does it mean for a police officer to announce he is going to use deadly force? Uh, does he just pull up at every crime scene and say, Okay, before we engage, if you use deadly force on me, I'm going to have to use deadly force on you. Is that enough? Is that like the Miranda warning for every 911 call? 
Or what if <clears throat> from now on the 911 calls, the person calling in the dispatch, the dispatch says, yes, ma'am, we're going to send you uh, a police officer to your house because you're being beaten. I understand that. But uh, ma'am, just FYI, the police officer, if he is attacked, he will use deadly force. Is that what we have to do? Do we have to, what about that? Let's become maybe efficient and have our radio dispatch people already do those those warnings ahead of time. Well, heck, they could do the Miranda warning and the police warning, uh, deadly force warning right off the bat. Oh my goodness, let's be real. Let's be smart about all this, guys. Uh, are there bad guys out there? Bad uh, apples within the police department? Sure there are. But you know what? There's bad apples in every profession. And we don't paint every profession based on the few that do it wrong. Nope, we don't. We need the police. We need security. And there you are, Mr. Security Professional, and you're wondering, what do I do? How do I handle this situation in the in the corporation? <clears throat> Maybe there you are, Mr. Uh, CEO or COO, and you're asking yourselves, how do I handle this in my company? You must be transparent, and you must stand on something. You can't be allowed to to be swayed by people's emotions because if you are, then your actions will not be respected. And what you give them today will be the request of what they're asking you for today will increase tomorrow and the next day and the next day. It's like the little mouse that asked for a bowl of milk. He's gonna want. They're gonna want more, and this is not right. And it doesn't matter if they're asking because of a good reason or not. It doesn't matter. Civility is civility. We do not live. We don't live in the in caveman days. We live in the 21st century. We need to talk. We need to discuss. We don't need to fight and burn down the city. So wherever you are, I wish you the best. I pray for you. I know that you're gonna you have a lot of decisions to be making now, and I pray that you are given the wisdom to make the right choices to protect you, to protect your loved ones, and to protect your company. So without any further ado, remember that you are security. <laughs>